imposter syndrome lives between what we are perceiving as our capability and, and the, what we're perceiving as the expectations we have of ourselves or others have of us. And so when we're making a transition, when we're pivoting, when you have the fucking courage to transition, that is something that needs to be applauded. You do not have a hundred percent transferable skills. You have some, and those are important. And I want everyone to lean and anchor themselves in those transferable skills. Cause you are not starting from scratch when you have accomplished so much in your career, but when you're pivoting like that, it's, it's true that you are now in a totally new context. And so the, there's difference between what you think you're supposed to be doing now and what you've been doing in the past. And you're, it's new, it's fresh, it's different. And so what we need to do as powerful women is we need to break down these perceived expectations of, our hats, of ourselves and get more realistic. Welcome to the Inner Feminine Beast Podcast, where I'm teaching you how to be the highest version of yourself that has the power, strength, courage, and clarity to claim the life you desire and have it emerge through here in the physical. This podcast will empower you to use the laws of the universe and align with your intuition, to create big wins in business by teaching winning sales strategies and wealth practices, my secrets to healthier relationships, better health, and living like the fierce woman you are. I'm your host, Cynthia Stant, a dedicated student to metaphysics, a self-made millionaire, and a CEO. Let's get it going and unleash your inner feminine beast. Hey, hey, IFE. Okay, so today is another inner feminine beast interview. And I'm really excited about today's conversation because, as you know, I love to sit with the guest beforehand and we really get to know each other. We really talk about how we can provide as much value as possible to you as our listeners. And today's conversation, I think, is going to help so many women at different levels in your business. Whether you are a woman who's just getting started in your coaching company, whether you are somebody who's experiencing that that feeling of truly ready to level up, there's shifts that happen. There's energy shifts, there's actual strategy shifts, but we're, today we're gonna really talk about the psychology shifts that we need to embrace and to really be able to see through. And so we came up with a lot of great topics to talk about today, and there's nobody else that I want to have talk about this than our guest today. So I would love to introduce to you our IFB interview with Miriam Maima. She's been a coach and a facilitator for over 20 years, dedicating her life to studying the overlap between business and psychology. Miriam has coached founders and executives at hundreds of companies. I'm telling you, I'm bringing you the best ladies, get ready, including <laughs> a dozen valued at over $1 billion plus. She often partners with companies such as Series B all the way through going public. She works one-on-one -on -one with senior leaders, facilitates teams off-sites, and develops customized leadership development journeys for leaders at all levels. Her specialty is helping people unlock the next level of performance while maximizing authenticity. You know I'm all about that. Miriam's credentials include an MA in organizational and management development, a BA in business and psychology. She's a master certified coach with the International Coaching Federation, a fellow at the Harvard Institute of Coaching, and a master of Forbes Coaching Council. Well, damn. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Miriam, welcome to the show, Mama. 
Yay. Thanks for having me. I feel like we should all just do a little dance wherever you are. Do a little dance as you're I listening to this. Why not? It. Right? Why not? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I told y'all you're going to like her, right? She's bringing the energy and we're going to have a high level conversation. Uh, before we get into it, there's something I like to ask all my guests because it's important to hear and it's it's always an interesting story. So Miriam, I'd love to know what is the story behind how you got to where you are at now in your business today? This is a great question. I love that you ask people because it forces us to reevaluate our narrative essentially and, and introduce ourselves to one another and just spoiler alert, that's what we're going to get into later. For all of you needing to be able to tell your narrative and rewrite your narrative and update your narrative um, and connect with people early. So I will share a version. Of, I, I, I think I know which version I'm going to share, but honestly, what's more important to me is to be honest and vulnerable and authentic and in the moment. So I'm going to riff a little bit. Um, I've always, always, always known that I love people and that I love business. And so working with both psychology and business was something that I knew very early in life, but I was 27. I was a consultant. I was, I figured I'd made it. I was working with dream clients. I was doing dream work. I, I felt like I was doing what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And then, um, telling the short version of the story, but then my husband decided he didn't want to be married to me anymore. And it sounds like I'm very much cutting to the chase. Obviously there's a lot of backstory, and that broke my heart. Um, and so I started to feel heartbroken. And then about six weeks later, my mom passed away quite unexpectedly. And I all of a sudden went from being married. My mom was um, in recovery, actually, from cancer and doing great. Uh, thinking I had my dream job, kind of like life was up and to the right. I was feeling great to all of a sudden my personal relationship was falling apart or being disassembled. And my, I think losing a parent is very much a, a pivotal moment in our lives. It's an inflection point. It forces us to think and feel things that maybe we hadn't otherwise. And all of a sudden, all of the strategies I'd used up until that point, which were very much like learn, 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 show up a certain way, speak a certain way, set your sights on something, just be driven, be smart, be analytical. Like that's how I would had survived and excelled in my life into that moment. And all of a sudden being reading or being analytical or being logical was not helping me through that moment at all. So I hired my first coach and she helped me get out of my head and drop into my heart and learn how to have emotions and that it was okay to feel things and then from there, I, it started a whole new journey. And so I really look back at that moment and realized there was essentially a, a fork in the road and I could have tried to continue down the road that I'd been on. It was just going to be increasingly painful or I could take the left and I did. And from there, I learned how to tap into my intuition and I learned how to integrate all of these different parts of who I am and really learn how to show up in the world differently. And I'm so grateful, honestly, that that happened to me exactly the way it did. You know, it's interesting. I don't think I asked you that question when we connected before, but it, I, I'm not shocked. I, I feel every woman, when I ask this question, who's a guest, it's not like, oh yeah, life's always sparkly, you know, rainbows, butterflies, Prince Charmings. You know, I just woke up one day, had this really successful company. <laughs> like I, that's why it's so right. important to ask this question, because I want every woman listening to remember that like we all 
started somewhere. Like we all been through the things, like it's not just handed to us. Mm -hmm. We all start with, you know, zero clients, zero dollars, zero everything. And like, it's a journey. And what I, what you shared with me is, you know, very similar to my story. And I, I don't think that's a coincidence, right? Like it, this is not just happening because like out of all the people that applied, like we found you and like, we're so connected and it's yeah. but of course, but I mean, yeah, like for me, do, do, do got me so far in life, do this, mm -hmm. do that, produce more, go more, compete more, get to the mm -hmm. leaderboard more. And then when you have a financial crisis, when you find out that your father died for you, your mother died, when you find mm -hmm. out that you're fired from your corporate position, like shit mm -hmm. happens. And yeah it sucks when it happens until you go through it again and again. And because you're a woman who's going for it, of course it's going to happen again and again. And what happens mm -hmm. is you realize that that pain is truly a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just so happy that you just said, I'm so grateful that I had that. Mm -hmm. And I went through that because I say it again and again, but it's my favorite quote, pain pushes until the vision pulls. Mm -hmm. And something that you said in your bio here that I circled and I'm just, I love, and it sells me the character of woman that you are is that yes, you've been doing this for over 20 years, but it says dedicating your life to studying. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. This is and, a lifelong pursuit for sure. Yeah. But not just that it's like, it's, it's compared to your family and maybe something like it's your biggest priority. It's like your mission, mm. your purpose. Mm -hmm. And that's why you've gotten to where you're at. Because even when things are crappy, I always say like, you need to know your why mm -hmm. you need to know your why. And a girlfriend of mine recently asked me, we were out having cocktails rooftop in LA and there I was all fully makeup and like regretting it because she asked me, Cynthia, what are you doing and why? Like, what's going on? Like, you know, tell me about what you're working on. And I just started bawling my eyes out because mm. for me, as you said, like your experience, but that experience finding sales saved my life. Mm-hmm. And it helped me to find the potential that I'm capable of. And I want every woman to experience the ability to fall in love with sales. And as you said, we're going to talk about more and more today, rewrite mm -hmm. the script of what sales means to them because we're the directors yeah. of our lives, right? And so yeah. it's just, it's interesting that you shared that because I completely relate to that. So let's talk about this. Now you deal a lot with, as you said, um, senior leaders, a lot of really high achieving executives, you know, a lot of the women in our show though, are going to be women who are coaches or entrepreneurs, but mm -hmm. a lot of us came from very high executive levels. Me mm -hmm. personally, um, you know, at the age of 22, 23, I was already managing huge teams and one of four women in the world with an executive position. And I was, um, the youngest by, by a very, very, uh, large amount. And then, um, taking, you know, when I got fired, I was senior executive for a really big, uh, company as well. Mm -hmm. So what happens is many of us, we have this corporate background. This is what happens. I wonder if you ever see this experiences. We're literally sitting on a Sunday in our bed before we wake up and we're on our, our, our phone or social media. And we're just scrolling. You're scrolling mm -hmm. and, and there's, you know, the Kardashians, there's your people from high school. There's somebody's cat. And then all of a sudden you see that one woman and you're like, what the heck? Like I knew her five years ago. And mm -hmm that's where she lives now? Is she really mm -hmm. traveling like that? Is she really making that much money? What does she do? She's a coach. And it's funny. I, we can all, when I talk to my colleagues and girlfriends, we all remember that moment when we're like, oh, like coaching yeah. is a real thing. Consult yeah. like, I can do this. I can do this. And, and you say, yes, I can. I can. But then what happens? The feeling of, oh crap, but how mm -hmm. can I? 
well, look where she is. How does she do it? How do I do it like her? What do I do? What do I need to do? Am I ready? Will people judge me? Like, like, right. It's it, the, the I excitement know. always then followed by the doubt. And so let's talk about that because in many ways, when it comes to psychology, that's the imposter syndrome, right? So why do women who are at super high levels of executive positions, when they leap into launching something that's of their own, why do they go through imposter syndrome and, and how can we, it's not necessarily avoid it, but like, how do we handle it? How do we manage it? Yeah. It's, it's almost inevitable to experience some imposter syndrome. Cause I believe imposter syndrome lives between what we are perceiving as our capability and, and the, what we're perceiving as the expectations we have of ourselves or others have of us. And so when we're making a transition, when we're pivoting, first of all, that's, can I swear? How, oh, how do you feel about yeah. swears? Okay. I was <laughs> going to say, I was, I was about, I was feeling it coming and I was like, okay, you got to, we, we got to channel it. Gotta let it when I don't even remember what I was going to say, but basically when you have the fucking courage to transition, that is something that needs to be applauded. It is, you do not have a hundred percent transferable skills. You have some, and those are important. And I want everyone to lean and anchor themselves in those transferable skills. Cause you are not starting from scratch when you have accomplished so much in your career, but when you're pivoting like that, it's, it's true that you are now in a totally new context. And so the, there's difference between what you think you're supposed to be doing now and what you've been doing in the past. And you're, it's new, it's fresh, it's different. And so what we need to do as powerful women is we need to break down these perceived expectations of, our hats, of ourselves and get more realistic. We need to set our sights on what's the next thing that I'm going to do. And then we need to do it and we need to celebrate. We need to celebrate, celebrate, celebrate that we did it. And then what's the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And in the midst of that, we will experience fear. If we are living a life, if we want to live a life where we are fulfilling our potential, we will constantly be getting outside our comfort zone. And in that comes the experience of fear. So we need to get really, really comfortable with feeling afraid and feel like that is something in and of itself to celebrate of like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm out over my skis a little bit here. It's like, yeah, good job. Keep going, but take a breath, get grounded, see if you can connect to yourself, make sure you have people people who are supporting you make, make sure you don't feel alone because you are not alone and then keep taking one step and the next step and then the next step. And eventually we're, we are kind of cruising because we are so comfortable in this new reality. And then we have to go through it all over again, essentially of how do we level up again? I'm just it's giggling. kind of insane, right? What are we, yeah. what are we doing to ourselves? We're crazy. Okay. We're crazy. We are crazy. <laughs> no, it's like, I'm giggling over here, hoping not to have my laughs go over you talking, but I just can imagine the listeners right now being like, doo, 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 doo. is that Miriam <laughs> talking or is that Cynthia talking? I literally verbatim right. exactly what I say. And, you know, you and I just recently met, it's not like we're talking about this for hours and hours. Isn't that interesting that it's like the same message, different messenger. And this is why mm -hmm. we're both saying this ladies, success leaves clues. Like, listen to this. Don't just listen, let it absorb and penetrate you and know you're not alone. And that this is the truth. And so you said so many things that I'm just going to highlight 100%. It takes courage. You did not say mm -hmm. it means you have to be fearless. <laughs> if you're fearless, that's mm -hmm. dangerous. That means you're comfortable mm -hmm. being comfortable. And what you said, mm -hmm. I say all the time, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's where the growth actually happens. And it's a muscle. It's literally a muscle that you work. 
I remember mm-hmm. when I first started launching or going live, or even when I started this podcast, which is now, you know, ranked as number nine in women in sales podcasts. Like I remember mm-hmm. the first time I stared at this microphone for like two hours being like, what do I do? What do I say? How does this work? Like, oh, you know, what are they going to think? Like all this. Thing. I don't think your listeners will believe you. I, I know. So I really want to slow down because you, yeah. you are, you're impressive and you are also very practiced. And so it's, it matters that people recognize and can see themselves in you. And so I know you're saying the words, but I really think it's worth slowing down and really being truthful that every, whatever you're going through listeners, we've been there and you are not alone. Yeah. Um, and then once you pick up the podcast, right, because you just get used to talking, um, then all of a sudden you start having guests. And I remember (laughs) wanting to like, I have this weird thing where I nervous pee, like right before I push like live, I'm like, okay, I got to go like four times real quick before. So I I don't like let it go during, or like I'm, or I used to always wear, if you follow me for like early years, I used to always wear turtlenecks because I would get so red and blotchy and sweaty. Mm -hmm. Like people would stop listening to what I was saying and just stare at like the disease looking flesh eating, like skin Mm -hmm. irritation. I had just my nerves. But it's a muscle that you work. And then what happens is once you start really nailing the podcast or going live, I'll tell you what, speaking from stage in front of hundreds of people is completely different, right? It's like another thing, another thing. I remember my first big speech in front of about a room of 300 people. I completely blacked out during the entire thing, Mm -hmm. right? But Mm -hmm. I think what it is, is understanding that as the CEOs, not only of our businesses, but of our lives, that we label things either for us or against us. And I started recognizing that feeling of fear when I felt it and I knew my colleagues felt it too, I would see some of them stop. And I knew if I just pushed through that, that it would build that momentum as you were saying. It's like a Mm -hmm. big boulder that when you're first pushing it, like it feels like it's not gonna go anywhere. But if you just keep going, your arms get stronger and stronger and then it starts tipping. When it starts Mm -hmm. tipping, push it a little bit more. It starts rocking, push it a little bit more. It starts rolling. And then eventually it's like, get the hell out of the way. Here comes Cynthia. Right. (laughs) But I will say it is not about being fearless. It's courageous. And I say that every time I feel fear, it's the feeling of growth. And I give myself permission to feel the feelings. And I just know on the other side, no matter how it goes, you always feel proud of yourself for doing it. You really do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So there's going to be moments. I mean, I remember when I started my coaching practice, I think you said something like or earlier about how we all, you know, especially as a, as a community of coaches, we all want to essentially drive impact for people. And there's this moment of shock where it's like, that can be a job. I can actually be a coach. I can, I, that's what, that's an option. I did not actually believe it was possible. So even though I had a I'd done my coaching certification. I'd done, 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 like done the check marks. I feel like we, we do that to ourselves of what are the other boxes that haven't been checked and we run around and try and check the boxes. But at some point you just have to have the courage and give it a go. I did not think it was going to work for me. I did not. I just, but I wanted to prove myself right. And I said, I'm going to try because I don't want to look back and wonder. I want to look back and know that I tried. And so I started my practice and I said, I'm going to only work with female executives and entrepreneurs. And I was very surprised that people wanted to pay me money to help them and support them. And what's true is my practice picked up pretty quickly and is, I can't, I honestly, it's, it's been a, it's been a ride. Um, I I feel like it's been a, a wonderful, wonderful ride. I'm very proud and honored to have supported as many people as I have. I love that. We're going to talk about 
you know, that exact subject, like people want to pay me in just a second. But um, <laughs> yeah, I just feel like it's so important for people to know that it's not just when you first get started. Of course, it's because you have, you're not just, you know, starting something new. Like you're, you're at the top where people literally have, I remember doing this, right? People would have meetings before the meetings to sit down with me for that meeting. Like, it was like, I was that person that was, you know, calling the shots and, you know, hiring and firing and, and forecasting, budgeting, holding everybody responsible. Like I had people run to get my coffee and all these things. And all of a sudden, when you come into the online world, it's like, oh my God, I'm new. Oh, I don't know any of this. I remember the mm -hmm. first time I was like, what is a DM? Like the only time mm -hmm. I've ever sent a DM is asking a friend of college to go meet me at the bar for drinks, right? Like mm -hmm. <laughs> they didn't have their phone number. And now like I'm a woman who's made over $5 million in DMs alone, right? So it's like, mm -hmm. it's just, it's crazy to think about it. But as it's happening, it's not just when you're first starting, it happens when you continue to elevate, when constantly mm -hmm. the ceiling ends up becoming the floor. And it's mm -hmm. like, you just like an elevator, you're leveling up, you're leveling up. Yeah. It's something that you just learn to master. And it's really just understanding the power of momentum and inertia, like what goes in motion, stays in motion and making those quick decisions. Mm -hmm. And just knowing that you're going to make mistakes. And those things, as we mm -hmm. said, the pains are some of the most beautiful things, because if you just stay where you're at, that's so much more dangerous than actually just moving forward and getting it wrong. Because if you get it wrong, now we know just not to go that way versus staying mm -hmm. where we're at. So I just, I'm really happy that you brought it up because yeah, you know, when you first start, you have one-on-one -on -one clients and then you have like your first coaching program, but then you start changing and your clients start changing with you and start creating Ascension plans. You start having in-person events. You start wanting to create your podcast. It never goes away. So just know like mm -hmm. it, it's, you have to come with peace with the feeling of fear. And instead of calling it fear, call it excited, right? That's what I, that's the one thing I want to leave here, but yeah. So, okay. Your story sounds just like mine. I'm excited to hear a little bit more about this because it's the subject that you and I both decided we need to talk about when you first started, it's like, wow, this is actually working and taking off. Mm -hmm. There's always that doubt, but mm -hmm. I guarantee, and I don't know exactly, but you understood your expertise. You understood mm -hmm. the value that you brought. Even if you're new to coaching, you understood how much you invested in your coaching, your education, the time, the hours, look at all the books on the walls, right? Like I read all of them, mm -hmm. all this knowledge that we have. It doesn't mean because you're new in this coaching world that you have to start as a newbie. You can take that expertise mm -hmm. and understand that your pricing is your positioning. So let's talk about charging your worth and what was that like for you and mm. what would you have done differently or what do you really want the audience to know about charging your worth mm -hmm. oh good question okay um i'm just making a note here about something else you you said that we might come back to later but charging your worth and let's focus on that i read a book a long long time ago that said it was specifically for female entrepreneurs and it was saying if you aren't getting the number of sales you want, try adding a zero and keep adding zeros until you get more sales. And that seemed insane to me. And that book was probably written very long time ago, Yeah, but it stuck with me as this, it, it broke through this mo mental model I had about what pricing is and how you arrive at pricing. And I, I personally think that's one of the hardest things for us to do. I don't think we're very good at setting our own pricing. It's probably better to ask other people, yeah, uh, what would you suggest I charge versus trying to figure it out for ourselves? There have been moments in my career where 
I, someone said, I'm if, in order to work with me, you're going to have to start charging. And at that point it wasn't 10 X. It was about five uh, X what I had been charging. And are you comfortable with that? And I had to pretend like it was an easy yes. I mean, it, it was not an easy yes. I was so nervous. And I, there had been such a strong correlation for me between what I was offering and essentially the market pricing. And what's true is that I had needed to reframe for myself, what is it that I'm offering? And it's not just the content of the conversation. It's all of the experience that I'm bringing the pattern recognition for me, I'm doing a lot of live stuff, but even when I'm delivering things online, I'm bringing with me so much care, so much thought, so much heart, so much energy, so much experience and all of that education, all my intuition that's being packaged up in what I'm delivering. And that's something that is priceless. And so it's easier to start to elevate our price or even our pricing concept or, uh, or the way that we go about valuing ourselves. If we rewrite our script about what it is that we think we're offering, I do think that we can do that if we also think back to how have I been preparing my whole life for this moment? How has everything that I've been doing leaning up to what I'm offering, what I'm delivering in this moment? And that usually helps us understand not only the value, but to feel an increased sense of confidence that there's something unique to who I am, what I've been through, how I think about the world, what I've been focusing on. And all of that has led up to this moment right here, right now. And as long as we are willing to do that and put ourselves out there, the market will tell us essentially how much they appreciate us. And we need to listen. We need to usually soak in the appreciations. We are often our own worst critic, and that is not helpful in this journey. It is helpful to be realistic and to be focused on continuous improvement, but we do not need to be constantly evaluating, criticizing ourselves. Yeah, I, I completely agree with this. But at the same time, like I can lead by example on this, you know, and I feel like we think we need to start low and then we get a bunch of people and then we can just leverage price increases. Perhaps yeah. in certain things, maybe your scalable programs just to get testimonials, create validation, which creates demand. But when you're doing your one-on-one -on -one work, you know, as somebody who invests a ton in mentorship, in uh, done-for-you things, in uh, contractors and all the different things, um, I don't price shop because I know I get what I pay for. Mm -hmm. And of course, I'm going to do my due mm -hmm. diligence and make sure I really align with that person and do my homework. But when I see somebody priced too low, depending on what it is, I mean, sometimes you're like, wow, that person doesn't know their value score, but, or mm -hmm. it's mostly like, I'm automatically passing on you based off your price, because you're telling me that you don't have the confidence in the work that you do. And I need somebody that's the best that does better than me at it. Um, you know, that I can trust. And that's what I mean by your pricing is your positioning. So sometimes we actually deter business and we create resistance for getting our dream clients because the people who are at top, who are premium level buyers, luxury tier buyers, they want to understand that money is the energy of commitment. They want to pay more because they're truly committed to their why. They're claiming mm -hmm. they're, that they're the best. They want to work with the best. So if you know you're an expert, you know that 
not only that you know this is your why, like we said, you're dedicated your life to this. I'm dedicated my life to women mm -hmm. in sales, but also you have to claim your authority. You have to claim your mm -hmm. expertise and know that you're actually hurting yourself. You're self-sabotaging by creating a lower price. It really is mm -hmm. a big part of that. And as you said, definitely, I think having somebody else help you is a big part of it because we are in our head and we don't know. And that's why I always work with a mentor. And that's why I specifically always use the word consultant. And I think, is that, do you refer as coach or consultant for yourself? I'm just curious. Like um, most of the time I'm in an executive coach. Um, so I, there's some advice that I'm giving a so advisory work and some consulting that's integrated into my coaching. Right. But for me, it's a better term, but I understand that for most of our audience, it's probably consultant. Well, no, it's like, actually we've had like full blown masterclasses about this, the difference between a coach, a mentor and a consultant. And ideally you kind of want to be all of them. Just like you said, well, I do do that, but I specifically yeah. am intentional about using the word consultant sales consultant, because ultimately I want my client to be empowered to make their own decisions. And I hear, mm -hmm. and it's not, most coaches aren't doing this, but I often hear ladies like, well, my coach said I can't do that. Or coach said I couldn't. I'm like, what? Like you're the boss, like you hired the coach, right? So yeah. I'm here to provide a smorgasbord of ideas, help you find which one's aligned and then go ahead. Mm -hmm. But when we suggest pricing, and I do this all the time, helping to price package and promote your purpose or your programs, um, I will suggest where I think you're at. And it's always different depending on who they are, their level of expertise, the level of confidence and what the actual offer is. But if your energy is not behind it, like it, it doesn't work. So you need to do you and do that well, and you can take baby steps. Um, mm -hmm. but it's all about, I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I would say I really encourage people to try and surprise themselves yeah. in terms of how um, it's fun to set a price point. And maybe it's not a hundred percent of the time you're charging that, but once you have an outlier that feels so good. And it reinforces the sense of what's possible. I also personally, there's, there's opportunities where I will set a price and I'm willing to go either way. And I, I think it's been really important to me to let go of moments of desperation. And let's be real. We live in a world where there are financial requirements. And so yeah. when we're talking about money, some people really feel scarcity. And some of that's very real. Like if in order to pay my bills this month, this is how much I need to bring in. And then they get in their heads about it. So I usually try and break it down and say, okay, what's the minimum? How do we make that inevitable or feel inevitable? And then let's see where no what's, the sky is the limit beyond yeah. that. So once that's locked in, usually people in terms of their psychology can let go and start to imagine yeah. and then and you push for it. And then maybe say no, is someone's trying to negotiate and just say no, no, no. It's no. so empowering. <laughs> I think it's funny when that happens, by the way, you know, like if somebody went to a, a department store and said, Hey, I have this coupon from like six months ago. Can you do that price? I'm like it expired six months ago, right? Like it's not available anymore. Like, I think it's weird when people negotiate on pricing, it's like, no, that is the investment. If you walk into the Louis Vuitton store and you turn over the price tag, that is what you're paying for that product. Right. But there is strategy to it too. And what I've noticed, and this is what I recommend is remember, you can always adjust your pricing. Um, but the thing is, is I noticed that when everybody is paying in full, because you have payment plans perhaps and a painful option, if everybody pays in full, that means you're undervaluing. Like it means mm -hmm. they're all like, yep, no brainer. I remember when I started my one-on-one -on -one coaching, um, I actually did it backwards. I did group coaching first because I was so comfortable with doing that in my previous career. Mm -hmm. When I did my one-on-one, -on -one, I was like, people do it for 1500 a month. Like, let's see, like, and 
every single person. I offered it to my clients first. I did five spots. It filled in one day and every single person paid in full. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. okay. Undervalued this. So, you know, that's, I noticed when people are paying, that's kind of strategy to know when it's time to raise your price. But I worked with a personal mentor and I loved it because I hired um, a gentleman and I usually work with women, but it's having somebody see it differently for you. And he really mm -hmm. challenged me. And we're going to talk about the actual feeling of what's happening, but my group programs were at like 1500 a month. And he says, no, like you need to double that. So I was like 3000 a month. He's like, yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. And then he's like, right. well, where's your one one And at the time it was at like 3,500, 4,000, I think. And he's like, you're easily 10,000. And I was like, mm -hmm. I know that I feel that, but I'm not going to lie. That mm -hmm. feels scary, but he saw it yeah. for me. And I think that's why it's so important to have a coach or mentor is because if you pick them, you have to trust them. You have exactly. to trust them. Like that's, you have to be a good client in order to get good clients. Like you have to trust your mentor that you yeah. chose them to lead you and be, you have to be coachable. You have to be vulnerable. That's the key to success. And so I started having $10,000 a month clients and I put it out there in my first month and oh my God, it filled up. Oh my mm -hmm. God. My one-on-ones filled up. I started have like my skyrocketing because of my position. And it's like the same yeah. thing I was teaching at this level, but I was also attracting. This is what I noticed. I was attracting a much different client, a mm -hmm. client. When you pay more, it's like you have more skin in the game. So therefore you're more committed. And when you're more committed, they get better results and they get better mm -hmm. results. There comes more referrals and testimonials. There comes me being the, the, the luxury tier person. And at the same time, it's like, it does create that validation. But the most important part is that we're getting our clients results. We're getting our yeah. clients results. We're getting like, we, we need that. Right. So I yes. just think that these are all big conversations to think about. So yes, I've been through it. You went through it when you had a five X yours. I, what was that? I doubled mine. And if not more, yeah. than why, why, what do we have to do to get our energy behind that? How do we internally rewrite the narrative? I, in addition to the sense of how have I been working towards this my whole life, I believe it's helpful for people to see themselves as stewards of resources. So I honestly, anyone who has the courage to step out and do something, I think that most of you probably are very aligned with my personal values. And there's not enough people who have resources to deploy in the world and that actually feel aligned with my personal values. I feel like there's more, we need, there's more than enough money to go around. I need all of you to have much more of it and then to be conscious of how you're deploying those resources. So I think it's often easier for people to charge more or charge their worth or engage in audiences that are larger when they recognize that this isn't just the money comes to you and then it stops. It's about the money is going to flow through you. And that is a service that you're offering the world. And so thinking of yourself as a steward of resources and the world can be a better place, the more resources you have. And then that does force us to think about what do I care about and how am I making sure that I'm allocating at least some of my resources to those things. Maybe you're building in a give back model into the pricing that you have of some of your programs. What is that? Who do you care about? What causes do you care about? How do you make sure that as you grow in your resources, that you are also furthering the causes and the people and the values that matter to you? Yeah. You know, too, this is important, like, because I think some people who haven't done the internal rewriting yet, or haven't understand how pricing is your positioning or 
just have a lot of internal work and growth to do may label this or be triggered by this and think like, who in the world would ever charge $10,000 a month? How greedy is that? Who do they think mm-hmm. they are? I, I don't charge $10,000 a month. And that's just where we're at now because I'm like, because I'm awesome because I'm worth it because that's what I feel is right because of what I invested. No, it's because I understand my value. And value is when I actually feel I'm charging a lot less than what you're capable of making with the work that I'm giving you. So if I charge my client $50,000 to do eight hours of work with them, and at the end of that eight hours, they're making hundreds of thousands of more, which happens again and again and again, do we not see the value? Like, right. So it's, we have to understand it's, it's just a number and it's, it's always about if this amount helps them to get so much more, you will always have a good business. Like value is a big part of that. And I love that you brought this up because I say this all the time too, but money loves a purpose. It's called Mm. currency. Like it needs to circulate. Um, You know, when we make money, it's not, it gives us more money to put out and to put in the hands of other people. And if you are just making money and you're hoarding it, it becomes stagnant. Anything that becomes stagnant becomes toxic and it really it depreciates. And you know, with inflation and everything, like it's, it needs to move. It needs to move. Mm-hmm. So, so many good points here, um, which I, I love that we're talking about this. And what you said as well, I'm just so happy. And you know, we have to talk about this. The importance of celebrating because mm-hmm. you said this in, in one of the first things and I started and circled it. And I always say big or small, we celebrate it all. Um, I'm going to share something really quick. And then I'd love for you to talk about this. I love being a sales personally, because I don't know any other position in the world where you just like celebrate all day. And it's not because you got a credit card swipe. It's not because you got money now. It's because it truly is the start of your client's success. It's like, we are living our purpose in the middle of the day. When you get a ding ding and you look and it's like, Oh, $5,000. You're like, whoop in the middle of the day. Like, who? like, I just remember singing a cubicle and being like, when is it five o'clock? When's it five o'clock? Right. And now it's like, Oh my gosh, we're changing lives. Like whose life can I change today? And where's mm-hmm. my money at? Right. Cause when I give, I'm allowed to receive celebrate, yeah. celebrate, celebrate. Yeah. So tell me the importance for you, why celebration is so important. Cause like you said, if you're having the courage to get started, if you're having the courage to level up in your coaching business and it seems scary, celebrate the fact that you're actually doing it because most oh. people don't. Right. So oh, tell me yeah. the importance and- of celebrating for you. Anything we do this, we're celebrating because otherwise there's an invisible finish line that once I get to this point, then I'll celebrate, then I'll feel good. Once I've launched the thing, then I'll feel good. Once I've sold this many things, this, once I've accomplished this, once I'm, and we're always chasing that. And I will say having worked with enough people who have had success, whatever you deem to be success I've worked with hundreds or thousands of those people who have, and they do not necessarily relate to what they've accomplished in the same way they thought they would. And whatever they thought would be unlocked in terms of sense of accomplishment or fulfillment does not come by crossing that finish line. And so we need to cultivate it as we go. And that's, I believe what life's about is being able to enjoy ourselves and we can do that by celebrating and celebrating doesn't, there's not one size fits all. I've asked some people, what do you like to do? Celebrate. And they said, I go up for a run. And at first I'm like, mm, is that a celebration? and then <laughs> like, yeah, is it? but it's like, yes, for some people, that's a celebration. They, they put in their AirPods and they listen to their favorite music and they just tune out the world. And that is a gift. And I said, great, go for that run, but make sure that as you're, you're keep doing each stride, you're thinking about this is a reward and this is 
integrate and essentially give ourselves that positive feedback loop because without it, we're just chasing and we're, and we're just driving towards something. And I promise it won't deliver whatever you imagine that it will. So let's cultivate it now. If you're alive, it's going to keep happening because if, if you're alive, you should be growing. And if it stops happening, it means you're not growing and anything that's not growing dies. So spiritually, mentally, energetically and physically, if you're not growing, that's what happens. And so, yeah, you know, I've, I've noticed this and I love this coming from a, a world of being the only woman in a patriarchal way of doing sales. Um, I call it the bro way, right? <laughs> Leaderboards, competitions. It's really a breath of fresh air to see in the online coaching world. So many women celebrating, talking about their mm -hmm. numbers. Um, I see a trend where people are doing a lot of, you know, the balloons, like to say, I crossed the 5 million mark. I crossed, you know, my first mm -hmm. figures mark. And, and I'm like, yes, they're getting it mm -hmm. because I remember um, in the beginning when I first got fired, my very first sale was a few days in and it was for $15,000. And I just remember crying my eyes out. And I was like, I'm going to be okay. I'm mm. going to be okay. This is going to totally. work. I'll of be course. okay. Yeah. So like that was a celebrating of relief. Like, Oh my God, I can fucking do this. Thank God. Yeah. Eventually when you do it and you go after it and you build that momentum, as we said, it, it shifts. And it sounds, I know it sounds Miss America of me. And I know it sounds pageanty, like it's cliche or whatever, but it's so true. When I get a sale now, it's like, Ooh, okay. Yes. Awesome. Like we're going to change some lives. It's awesome. But like when my client, Oh my mm -hmm. God, I can get here right now. When my client gets the sale, I start bawling my eyes out. My husband comes in and he's like, did you get a big sale? Is that what happened? Great job. And I was like, no, she just made literally in one month, 50% of the sales she made last year. Like, Oh my mm -hmm. God. Like, you know, and I'm like crying about it. And like, mm -hmm. that's the best thing. Cause I will tell you this, when I started my company, I really started on day one, knowing what my company culture is. Mm -hmm. Celebration's a big part of it. Yeah, Proper standards and boundaries is a big part of it. And yeah. this is why I remember specifically, this was like, I knew I was in the wrong place and it was meant to be that I got fired. But I remember that we were going for a million dollar launch. We were doing it. We were doing all the things we were getting, we got, you know, uh, our first 300 and then we went up to 500 then 700. Yeah. And then boom, we finally did all these shifting and briefing and what are we going to do differently? And, and how can we strategize? And we finally hit the 1 million. And I yeah. remember I showed up on the company call and I was ready to pop champagne. I was ready to celebrate. I was like, whoop, whoop. Yes. And everybody was like, okay, now we hit 1 million. What do we do to get to two? And yes. I stopped as a manager mm -hmm. to be like, this is not okay. I know for our psychology, for how the universe works, you can't just... Mm -hmm you have to reap the reward. Like yes. you can't just go, go, go. You have to stop. You have to receive that. You have to harvest the plants where they just die. Like we have to like consume them and enjoy them. And yeah. like, you know, and I, and I said, we need to celebrate the fact before we move forward. I remember I got scolded in front of my, all of my, you know, team and everything by the owner saying like, how dare you? We're at a new place. We're much higher and evolved. We need to keep. And I was like, this is never going to work. This Both is all are true. Right? This is going to, this is exactly. not sustainable. This is not sustainable. And I was I mean, like, Oh, yes. leaning out a little bit. And then I got pushed out completely. <laughs> yes. We need to give ourselves that downbeat. And without that, then we are essentially are depleting ourselves slowly and we will burn out. So that is what helps re-energize re and refuel our system to go again. I do think that there, it's important to have moments of integration. So if the most natural thing in the world is expansion, contraction, expansion, contraction, 
what we usually do is like do a big push, go take a nap, um, or go big. And then we need moments of quiet. And I do think most people are experiencing contraction more intensely or more negatively than is needed, probably because they aren't giving themselves enough time in between. So instead of expansion contraction, we can do expansion integrate integrate, integrate, essentially we're allowing our nervous systems to expand. So when good things happen, we freak out just like when bad things happen. And so we need to train our nervous systems to be able to tolerate more and more and more of the good. And so celebration is the main piece of that. And so, but also distracting our minds is one of the best things that we can do to help ourselves integrate so that we are essentially can tolerate or sustain that more expanded state. So whatever you all need to do in order to integrate, usually it's things like not only celebration, but quiet time, maybe you're completely pivoting. You mentioned boundaries. I think it's so important to be able to just put our focus on something else and let our brains rest, let the business part of our minds just take a little bit of a break. I promise when you come back to it, you'll have even more clarity and inspiration and you'll be ready to go. Yeah, I um I recognized from day one of starting my company that I was coming in with bad habits of being a salesperson about leaderboards, about making numbers. And when it's your own clients, it's completely different. They're not numbers, like they're your they're your people, like they're your purpose. And it's completely different. And I knew I had to get help. And over the last few years, I've invested so much. Not everybody would think business strategy. Actually, that's like what comes naturally to me. I don't get that much help in my business strategies or especially sales. I never had anybody help me with sales. Um, it's just my who I be. It's been the mindset. It's been the spiritual. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things that I've learned recently is, you know, mindset helped me for a long time, but eventually I got to the point where I noticed my mind is so limiting. Like everything that I possibly imagined I achieved Mm -hmm. already. Like I can't even fathom what could be next. And so instead I kind of like gave myself that quiet time to go to the sea of possibilities, like to play in potentiality and to not even like think, but control my thoughts. So my thoughts don't control me and actually almost look at my mind. Like it's a prison, (laughs) like allow it to Mm -hmm. shut off so that what is meant to be happens. Like I always, I have flowers in my office all the time and I get new ones weekly. And I just think it's so fun when I watch them throughout my calls, like they start Mm -hmm. moving, they start blooming and like, you don't see them, but like you finish a call and you look over, you're like, what? That was an hour. And the flower doesn't have a mind, right? It just knows to be like, and it moves towards the sun. So when we get out of our heads, we actually flow to where we need to go. And like, that's so hard for us women who are do, 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 go, 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 like just being, And then when you look at the world and how it works, like there are seasons, there is the law of rhythm, what goes out, comes in. And like, if you think it's just up, 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 you're fighting against the laws of the universe, like gravity, what goes up must come down. Like if you don't understand how gravity works, you're getting ready to fall on your face. And so I've given myself off the entire month of July and that's giving myself permission to do that. It's permission to stop things that aren't working, Mm -hmm. even if it looks financially, like it's working, it doesn't align with you, give yourself permission to tear it all down and rebuild it up stronger. And like, that is so hard for people to see, like, you know, having, you know, million dollar, not maybe million dollar years, but then like taking a year to like reconstruction and maybe taking half a million, but so that you can get it to 3 million. Like, it's just like this thing. If you're just going up, 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 it's going to crumble. It's going to fall. You have to understand up, down and give yourself peace and quiet 
and like you said, celebration. So these are all really yeah. big conversations. And more than anything, what does that take? It takes vulnerability. It takes yeah. vulnerability. Yeah, I have exactly. a question for you. This yeah. is personal. This is personal. So, but I think it's, yeah. it's important. Being that it's psychology, I'm curious about your spirituality. Um, mm -hmm. So when I first started my company, I was very much a universe girl. And I mm -hmm. think I did that because I wanted to appease more people, like a broader mm -hmm. audience. I didn't want to trigger or like offend anybody by using the word God. But I also don't know if I was a God girl. After being an entrepreneur, holy shit, I had needed God. Like I became yeah. a God girl. It's, it's I can't do this on my own. And I realized like vulnerability is your biggest superpower. And women in business, we think of that word surrender as a weakness, like, oh no, mm. damsel in distress, what was me? But like surrendering to the fact that you don't know it all. Every single day when I get stuck in my head, I just say, I don't know. Actually, I don't mm -hmm. know. And mm -hmm. I'm okay. All I know is that I don't actually know. Like I, my yeah. little 5% conscious mind cannot fathom all the possibilities. So why not just be intentional, be proud of where I'm at, know that I'm here to serve and do my purpose and do God's work and help God's people. And that's mm -hmm. it. Yeah. I don't know for the rest. I never know. All the big months that I've had, I thought I would plan a strategize how they were going to happen. They never happened that way. Right. Exactly. Right. And we are not in a hundred percent control and we will never be. Yes. Yeah. So I'm more, I relate more to the universe, less to God, but mm -hmm. for me, everybody that I work with, they are better off if they have a higher power that a they higher can power. connect Absolutely. with. And if people aren't God people, they're not universe people. I say, great. Imagine your best, highest self, the, the part of you, that's the purest, the part of you, that's least ego driven, the, the best part of you, and at least cultivate a relationship with that. Because if we don't have someone or something to surrender to, then we are clutching that driver's wheel. Um, and it's not helpful. Driver's wheel. Is that what it's called? I don't think that's, that's what it's called. I got you. I what, what is it called? The steering wheel. Steering wheel. I'm like, it doesn't feel right. I'm like, I'm saying it's driver's wheel. Yeah, the steering wheel. Yeah. So we clutch onto that. Me though. I was like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, let's go. So, and even honestly putting our foot on the gas pedal, those, I really, it's important to me live what I call a guided life to feel like I am not always in charge because if I'm not surrendering, if I'm not tapping into my intuition, then I am severely limiting myself. And most of the time, I don't know what people most need. I want to offer that, but I can't in my mind, like you said, we have limited understanding. How am I supposed to know what someone most needs? And it's by letting go and it's trusting myself. And the less I'm in my head, the more I can drop into the moment, be totally present and discover what's going to unfold in that moment. It's beautiful, wonderful experience. And usually people are like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know I could have this. And I realized this and I feel that. And all of that is possible by just being totally present. And I don't know anyone that can get present without having spiritual practice and yeah. a, a relationship with a higher power. The higher power, like you said, God, source, universe, whatever you want to call it. And, or like you said, a higher version of you. And that yeah. exactly is what inner feminine beast is. She's yeah. the version of you that has the courage, the power, the strength, the clarity to get it done, to see it through. In fact, in her mind, it's already done. She's achieved it. So if you're going to shift and pivot to that reality, you just have to let go and let her pull you and guide you. I just like, I, I think what happened for me personally, and maybe it's not everybody's story, right? But there's no freaking gold stickers here. We're not bending mm -hmm. our necks and looking what everybody's doing over there. Cause we're going to crash in our own lane. But, um, I think. I was so driven. I think going through a bankruptcy for me made me just so 
motivated to get that pendulum swing and get out of it. Mm -hmm. So I really dedicated my life to being the best saleswoman and helping women in sales. And then what happens is, is like the big shift. And I always tell women, I understand it, it doesn't seem like where you're at, but if the sooner you can do it, the more you're going to hyperspeed. It's when you actually like let go of the I and focus mm-hmm. on them. Of course, you have your boundaries and your standards and you know who you are and what you value, but it's not, what will I do? How do I do this? What do I need to yeah, do? What is right. the system I need to do? Well, how are, what are they going to think of me? How am I going to get people there? At? Yeah. Like, if you're asking that, I'm telling you, you're not going to have success. The moment yeah. that you start having Niagara fall flow of money coming into your business is when you drop all those eyes and just focus on serving, not selling, but serving right. for them. What can yes. I do for you? And also, what is it I want to do? Now, what do I have yeah. to do, need to do? What is she doing? It's what do I want to do? Yeah. What do I want to contribute to the industry? Instead of following a system, right. what system do I want to put out to the world? And how am I going to help you, them? Like, how do I get you where you want to be? What is holding yeah. you back? How do I help you get there? Like, all yes. of a sudden, if you do that, again, it sounds miss, um, you know, pageanty, like Miss Marikey, but like, that's it. Like, so. drop the eye, man. Like, you have to yeah. drop the eye thinking about that. So, it. yeah, I think it's also ironically letting go of that. Uh, you're talking about the leaderboard, but like to a certain extent, letting go of numbers being the the way that we're measuring our success, like let go of that focus on serving people, focus on what you're driving and pushing into the world and more is not always better and just let it happen and celebrate along the way. Usually just being true to ourselves is so much more important than achieving any goal that we're setting to ourselves. And ironically, we'll hit the goal and then some, if we let go of it. Yeah. And I tell my clients this too. They're like, I'm going to make two sales this week and then two sales next week. I'm like, why would you ever say that? I'm like, you just limited yourself. Like if you say it is, then so it is like, it could be so much more. We always say hashtag give her more inside the, the communities, but it's like, I'm open to all the possibilities and no matter what happens, I know it's exactly the way it's supposed to be. Like that's, I don't beat myself up. I just understand like, what is like, this is my meat suit. Cynthia Stan is not who I am. Like conscious is living through me to experience this reality. And it's consciousness is never wrong. God is never wrong. Universe is never wrong. Like who are you to challenge that? It is for you by you. In fact, it is you. And it's, you got to trust that. And that's a big part of it. I think the, the new era of growth of leadership is the biggest thing is having that vulnerability and having that trust. You mm-hmm. have to trust yourself because if you don't trust you, who's going to invest tr- trusting, investing in you. If yeah. you don't trust a higher power, you're going to be so in your head and so alone. And if you're so in your head, you're just playing with two of the the realms, the physical and the mental, you need to know how to tap into the spiritual so that you can truly channel these higher callings. Like it's the big part of growth and it's understanding your mind, how to manage your mind, how to come to peace with your mind, how to celebrate your mind, how to love who you are. And the the thing is, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you got to enjoy the journey. You got to master becoming. And like, that's a big part of it. So what a great conversation. I just love that you added so many golden nuggets, but at the same time, we're so on the same page and have, you know, similar story and you're helping women. And like I said, again, a woman who has dedicated her life to her work is a woman. I always applaud in my eyes. You're 100% IFB. And I love having you here today. So thank you so much. As we wrap up, where can we have our followers, um, our listeners follow you um, to learn more about you or to be working with you? 
Best place is either LinkedIn or go to 2M Leaders. So M is in Mary, um, the number two. And so that's for the 2 million leaders project. Um, I'm actually adding some zeros to that as we speak. But um, I believe that we need more leaders on this planet and more people who identify and see themselves as powerful. And so thanks to you for putting together this podcast. It is a labor of love to put so much... Um, intentionality into the world. So thank you for creating this. And for all our listeners, thanks for being dedicated to learning about yourself and learning what you can be doing even more powerfully in the world. It is an honor to share time and space with you all. And whatever happens from here, good luck. Enjoy the ride. Yeah. And today, if you had a moment where you were like, wait, 15 second rewind, let me hear that again. Right. Or if you took a note, or if you had some kind of trigger or some kind of like oh, damn, aha, right? Don't let that just like leave you. Don't just be inspired by listening to this episode. Listen to it again and again. And at the same time, reach out to Miriam if you want her support mm -hmm. to learn more. Reach out to get help from either of us. And at the same time, carry it with you. Like, I don't care about information. Like this podcast is not just for information. What we both stand for is your transformation. So see it through, right? We'll make sure to put the links below so that you can uh, follow Miriam. But seriously, you can't just acknowledge that your past is your story. You have to embrace right now as an opportunity. And most importantly, you have to see it through. Acknowledge it, embrace it, see it through. Thank you for listening to the Inner Feminine Beast podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. I check my reviews every week and each one truly does mean so much, so thank you. And also, if you want to keep the conversation going, be sure to visit my website, innerfeminineBeast.com to join our communities and so you can also connect with women who are on the same journey. I can't wait to see you on the inside.